everyone. Welcome back to my sister Mimi viewing covering Words of Radiance, the second book in the Stormlight Archive by Hi. Brandon Sanderson. Yes! My name is Megan, and I have to get back to killing a giant bear made out of fire. Oh, that sounds more interesting than what I've got to do. What do you have to do? Pack. But instead. Instead. We're bringing a podcast. Yes. Emily, why are you packing? Are you going on vacation? No. Well, yes, actually, this weekend I am. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but I know I found a new place to live. Where are why you go? going on vacation this weekend? I'm going on an Emmy vacation with all the Emmys. That's why you're watching Copper this weekend. What happened to us recording all of Saturday and Sunday? Saturday evening, all day Sunday. Okay. I told you all about this. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> I absolutely believe <laughs> that you told me this. <laughs> I I have I have no doubt that you told me, but most of our text chains today is about how much are we going to podcast? And I was like, all day Saturday, all day Sunday. And you're I like, perfect. Told you in the text chain that I wouldn't be available Friday or Saturday morning, but I would be available Saturday evening. Okay. I believe you. So instead of doing the full 50K NaNoWriMo this year, which we've done before, that's not conducive to my way of writing. It's very stressful and I don't get as much quality stuff done. I'm going to preempt this and say nobody told me I couldn't show up after 8 o'clock. <laughs> that's fair. No one did say that <laughs> because it was probably implied. So we have a group of friends, wonderful friends, <laughs> where we all have different creative goals that we're going to be putting forward. Um, instead of writing 50,000 words, one friend is like, well, I want to write 25,000 words. Another's like, I'm going to finish the last half of my book. Another's like, I'm going to write so many days a week, etc., etc., for the month of November. And I wasn't able to go to the last in-person group that we did. Um, because I had to go look at a new apartment, but Megan was like, I'm going to go. I've got some other stuff to do. I have a, I have a meeting. I 100% said I have a work meeting that goes until eight, you but I'll try to make it after. You didn't say the time. That. You just said it starts at five and that is what you said. Anyway, this story is way too long for the point I am trying to make that she got all cute and everything. And I got home at eight and I was very surprised she was still here. And she comes up to me and she goes, I don't feel like driving. And I look at the clock. I'm like, where would we go? <laughs> you and I'm like, have no to because like, it's over. <laughs> and she goes, no, it goes till 830. And I'm like, no, that's this, not what I said. Exactly what I you said. I didn't say 830. You did. I said it's, but it only started at 630. Yeah. And then I didn't know there was a predetermined ending date. I thought this was going to go late into the night. Because it was NaNoWriMo and we were having a first day of NaNoWriMo party. That's fair. I, I could... never said 8.30. She definitely said 8.30. No, I didn't. We don't have a podcast. Listen, listen, I know I don't I remember. Write. I know I don't remember everything, but you cannot <laughs> tell me what I did or did not say. I was so confused because I'm like, how does she think she's going to get there if she leaves at 8? It's going to take her 20 minutes to get there and she's going to have 10 minutes to hang out before everybody else leaves. That's why I didn't say 8.30. Exactly I said it why. started at 6.30. Anyways, long story short. I hope you're all enjoying NaNoWriMo and are writing in ways that help you. Get off Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. 
I'm on the tour.com Words of Radiance reread. Did you not read the chapters? I did read the chapters. You were fighting a James Hair. <laughs> Emily, this is where I get some of my cool insights and trivia information. Thank you. I appreciate that. Why are you so mean to me? I am on a tear tonight. I don't know why. I apologize. So <laughs> anyway, we're reading four <laughs> chapters for tonight's reading. We're doing chapter 35, The Multiplied Strain of Simultaneous Infusion. Chapter 36, A New Woman. Chapter 37, A Matter of Perspective. And chapter 38, The Silent Storm. In these chapters... I know I'm the psychic sister, but Emily finally gets some shilladolin yes. content. <laughs> Emily, we're, we're in part three, deadly. Uh, at first brush, what did you think of these chapters? I have a question because in the last book, one of the sections was called Dying. Uh-huh. Does that have anything to, is it, is it a palindrome? Uh, is it a, a foil? I know it's unreasonable to get upset about that because I know you're making fun of me on purpose. I'm going to pee my Good. You deserve it. I don't know, I don't know why I think that's so funny. Uh, <laughs> All right. Anyways, these were some of... Okay. They weren't the most exciting chapters. Wait, wait, wait. sorry. Um, I have, I have something to say. You're like, oh, this is part three, deadly. So okay. here are the parts so far. A light, winds approach, deadly. And we'll have to wait till we get to part four to see if there is a pattern. Okay. <laughs> um, I know these weren't the most, like, high stakes, exciting, like, it's no... That too. Gross. <laughs> Why are you like this? Because you made fun of me for caring about what foils are. Okay. I apologize. So these aren't. I wouldn't have said eight thirty if I thought the party was going until eleven p.m. Okay. There's literally no way I would have said eight thirty. Um, these weren't the. Dr- they they weren't the dramatic level of the tower, but to me these were some of the most entertaining and fun chapters I've read in this whole book so far. This whole series so far, it was delightful. It was fun, and it it felt like there were these big payoffs, um, which is what a book is supposed to have. So, but Brandon, you pulled it off very very well. We get characters meeting each other that we've been waiting for them to meet each other our whole lives. and we get some surprises and Shalon's in my eyes her esteem has gone up very very high I'm still terrified for her but really because as you were reading this you went Shalon's and I'm like what Shalon's just being so bossy well that was earlier in the chapters (laughs) by the end of the chapters it was great All right, so we're starting off with 35, the multiplied strain of simultaneous infusion, and uh, Adolin's doing some uh, some training. Yes. Um, Do I need to read the this thingy? Or? Yeah, how about you start us with an epigraph? All right. They also, when they had settled their rulings in the nature of each bond's placement, called the name of it the Nahal bond. 
Hmm. That's so interesting that they would say straight up what something is and if not expect I, you. They're teaching. I, it's a teaching moment. I, they just don't expect you to know things. It's so crazy how that happens. If I had not made you really think about it, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have even noticed it when they mentioned it here. I wouldn't have. No, I, no, <laughs> I would not have. I know I got so offended right there. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Anyways, uh, they called the name of it the Nahal Bond with regard to its effect upon the souls of those caught in its grip. In this description, each was related to the bonds that drive Roshar itself. Ten surges named in turn and two for each order. In this light, it can be seen that each order would by necessity share one surge with each of its neighbors. From Words of Radiance, Chapter 8, Page 6. So that's that's a pretty big chunk. Meaty. That's only one sentence. <laughs> the the punctuation is doing a lot of heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emily, what did that mean? So the way I saw it is okay. Maybe this is is weird, but but you know the the riddle where it's like there's three houses and in one house there's an ogre and one house there's a dwarf and one house there's a human and one house is yellow and and the blue house is next to the red house and you know like it's all interconnected and i just saw like the 10 surges in a circle uh-huh and they're all neighbor they're neighbors they're neighbors <laughs> and just like the idea that they share by like they're like by necessity share one surge with each of its neighbors just like you need all of them yeah one didn't feel more important than another but like just the way it was structured so we're gonna do this i want you to imagine a wheel a circle i want you to imagine a wheel with spokes in it okay like a pie that's been divided (laughs) up into slices (laughs) and i want them numbered one through ten got it and one has a and two has A and B. And mm-hmm. three has B, B and, and C. C. And four has C and D. All the way until we get around to uh, ten, which has J and K. And so one has K and A. Mm-hmm. So that you get that each order shares with like its neighbor. So mm-hmm. Shalon, yes. Is it like the color wheel where there's like opposite no No? okay no but that's that's good thinking thank you it's good positioning so shalon is a light weaver Mm -hmm. and yasna was going to be an else caller and so they each have surge binding but sorry they each have soul casting now she is yasna the white and she'll be something completely different they each had soul casting and then shalon also has light weaving, mm-hmm. which she shares with the previous order. And mm-hmm. then else callers would have a second skill. I don't think we knew what that was with Yasna, and they would have shared it with the, the next I'm one. so excited to, like, make a diagram of this. Oh, you're a follower of the diagram? <laughs> yeah, I love it. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. I don't know. Rainbow? Ooh! It's just like, okay, you, I say ruined me. That's not what I mean. Oh, no, I, I improved it. <laughs> I just wanted to sit and read a book. I didn't want to be excited about doing homework for said book. And here we are. Anyway, uh, what 
what is so since we have a new part the epigraphs are quoting something different what are these epigraphs quoting they're literally quoting the words of radiance just words of radiance yep the book that went down with the ship so shalon lost her copy of words of radiance but ha 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 we get to read it shalon doesn't anyway adolin's training what's he what's he practicing oh my gosh this i just need to wax eloquent but it's not going to be as eloquent as Brandon's writing is. Okay. Because the whole next few pages is Adolin having a very quiet freak out about how he really should have died. Like, they all should have died when uh, Zeth came through. And he's just thinking about all the abilities this assassin in white had. If you recall, Adolin got stuck to the ceiling and didn't have a way to defend or fight or protect. And so he is practicing because we know that when you drop your shard blade, it disappears. But those who are very practiced at it can lend their sword to other people or not have it disappear when you drop it. And he is practicing that. He already has some skill with that, but he is really practicing this for the next time this happens so he can throw his shard blade and do some damage to whatever's going on. And it's so sad because you see as you read through this chapter, Adolin is deeply affected by what happened. Yeah. Not that he could have died, but just that he, well, maybe that he could have died. I mean, I, I definitely see that. Yeah. He's definitely having a reaction of just how unprepared he was. And he's not used to being that. He's one of the greatest duelists in, in the war camps and yeah. maybe even Alethkar. Like he's, maybe even in history. Yeah. And the fact that he failed so spectacularly is really weighing on him. What did he do last night after the assassination? Did you catch that? I'll read it. Okay. He kept looking over his shoulder, expecting the assassin to be there. He'd stayed up all night That's last right. night sitting on the floor outside his father's room, wearing plate, arms crossed on his knees, chewing ridge bark to stay awake. Oh, my God. He'd been caught without his plate once. Not again. I am in awe of Brandon's writing. The way that he is adding layer upon layer of this, this devil-may-care, you know, swash, swash, buckle, buckle hero. Fancy lad. Fancy lad who loves fashion and... Goes through, a, you know, several girlfriends in a week that he he has a beating heart. <laughs> it's not all goof, goof, chasm and what have you. <laughs> I love him even more. I just, my love for this character has deepened and I, I love him. So the maneuver he's practicing is... Like you said, he's he's practicing uh, blade commands, which is where you send a mental command to your blade. Um, and you described some of that for us earlier. But I don't know if you earmarked that Adolin is completely failing at everything he's trying to do today. Yes. He can't keep the sword together once it leaves his hands. Yeah, he has to do it multiple, multiple times. He's finally successful by the end, but it is... It's grating on him that he can't do this simple thing. He is not successful by the end. Yeah, he does. He throws it and it hits the rock. Once again, the weapon... Oh, sorry. I'm looking at the part where he uh, goes to the edge of the plateau 
and is looking at the the bridge guards watching mm. him nearby and he's saying what would the bridgeman do if the assassin comes back and then he thinks as he so often does of <laughs> kaladin oh my goodness i loved this as well this okay like i said it's not a high stakes it's not a it's not a dramatic thing but everything in this chapter is gold like adolin's hair like adolin's uh, hair i see what you're talking about now um he's Huh, that that frustration and that rage as he's thinking about Kaladin gives him the drive to throw the the blade into the rock. Finally. There was something strange about that man, more than his attitude. The way he always acted like by talking to you, he was doing you a favor. I just I just loved it. I just because we're in Kaladin's head a lot. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about the the rest of the people reading, but, you know, I see Kaladin as a hero, kind of like a larger-than-life sort of a thing. I am so tickled that we're getting a point of view from both Adolin and Shallan in this reading where Kaladin is just really, in real life, he's a jerk. He's grouchy. He is. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just here for this. Well, then. While he's working out here on the plateaus, another group of people come out to do some <gasps> other sort of. It's the soul casters. We get to see soul oh, casters. Soul casters. I have been so excited for this because they were mentioned clear back in book one. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. we, we've known about them and how, and we've seen their work throughout the books about, like, there's the, the floating island that the king goes and eats at and, and you know, the wood grain is, it's soul cast as stone. Like, we've heard these amazing things and the introduction of the soul casters was so exciting because they seem a little creepy <laughs> right Ugh. um we get a diagram of what they're working on at the beginning of the chapter which mm-hmm. is cool we'll 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 jump back in on that later but the soul casters each are wearing their fabriel across their right hand and they hold it across their chest you know, like an American doing the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, but Emily, what have years of soul casting done to these people? Okay, so it says they tra- it's, their eyes have been transformed, so they sparkled like gemstones themselves. The woman's skin had hardened to something like stone, smooth with fine cracks. It was as if the person were a living statue. And so it says like they sparkle like gemstones i mean i'm assuming their eyes have transformed into something i don't know if that means they're going blind or if that is just a visual marker of this is what i do and this is the toll it has taken um like okay we are should i talk about the guest yeah sure okay so we're currently recording another miscellaneous spooky spooky feed of the guest and it's it's a it's a scary thing about uh, priests exercising demons, exorcising, exorcising, not exercising. <laughs> and one, two, three, four. Come on, come on, come on, three more. One, two, three. Yeah. Um. But one of the priests talks about how when, at least in in the lore of this world, that when you cast out a demon or you, you know, exorcise an evil spirit it takes something from you and we talk about that about you know giving up something in order to to accomplish something and i love the idea of trading out like i mean 
Okay, I'm going to go on a tangent here. I appreciate everyone coming along for the ride. When you make up your own world, it is so fun to just let loose and be like, anything is possible. There's no consequences. Everything is fun all the time. This is great. But it's so challenging and I think a little more, I mean, it it makes it a different kind of story when you're like, yeah, you can do this, but it's going to cost you something, either life force or you have to give this up or whatever. And just the idea of transference. I'm really intrigued to see if what they are becoming because they do seem a little creepy. Uh-huh. And I don't know if you just have to have like a certain personality to be a soul caster. Like they don't care. They're just excited to do this anyway. Or like all the years of soul casting, it's changed mm-hmm. them. I'm very excited to figure out what that is. So how long do you think Yasna was using her fake soul caster? I mean, my knee-jerk reaction, would I would feel like for a while, because, but in the prologue, it doesn't seem like she's very familiar with these powers. Mm-hmm. But that was six years ago, so five or six years, okay. I'm assuming. Um, and so she wasn't actually using the Fabriel, she was using mm-hmm. powers, and, and Shalon has those powers as well, though Shalon's only used it uh, a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think it is the item that causes this or the power that causes this? For the soul casters, I'm going to say the Fabriel. Okay. Which is maybe why it's so heavily, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not guarded, but watched over. Yeah, yeah. Because they didn't, I mean, they didn't like the idea of Yasna having one, but she was also the heretic. Um... I'm going to guess it's the item. Uh, and here's another suggestion is that because uh, I feel like people's powers are going to be revealed. And if Yasna had tried to keep up the the thing for much longer, she, yeah, she was going to have to start like <laughs> putting on rock. Yes. Don't make up every morning. <laughs> yeah. So the soul casters normally only work at night. But they're very mysterious. Very mysterious. They have to up the frequency of soul casting and they're training more ardent to be soul casters because there are too many demands basically on their department. They do buildings. They create buildings. They create food. They change waste into other usable stuff. And so... And you've got to think of how gigantic the war camps are. And that's interesting. I actually hadn't caught that, that they were, I knew, I I got that they were training other people, but I thought it was like you were born with an innate ability to do this. It was only a certain amount of people who can do this. But I guess if you're given a Fabriel, you can learn how to use it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if they get a say, because Ardents are, we're reminded again, slaves. And I wonder if they get a say, like, do you want to become a creepy soul caster? great, sign up here, or hey, you, join them, you know. So they are building, the first thing that these Ardents are building are windbreaks because the war camp is expanding beyond the natural crater that they've built it in. Mm -hmm. And so they're trying to find a way to make it grow. Um, And I love that all this is going on. Adolin is 
the world's greatest detective. And he's Batman. <laughs> Listen, he's Batman in my eyes. Um, he starts kind of putting things together because he's thinking so hard about the assassin in white and all the abilities he had and how those abilities shouldn't exist. Mm -hmm. But, um, but Adolin says the Radiance could soul cast, couldn't they? <laughs> it is written that they, Rafo yeah. says Kadesh. <laughs> and so... Uh, people don't really like talking about the Radiance just because they betrayed mankind and they're seen as not a good thing. And so Adolin... Sorry, <laughs> I didn't... I couldn't see your finger. I didn't realize what you were I realized that. I'm trying to put a fire fire. Give me a second. I'm going to put this stuff off. Okay. Could you pass me my other one? And so Adolin is talking to Kadesh about... He's asking about Radiance. And Kadesh mm -hmm. gives a very like... I don't know much, but I should study it more, that I may better understand the sin of pride. And Adolin's like, no, seriously, I need to know, because the assassin in white can do these sort of things. And Emily, I think world's greatest detective, is trying to connect, hey, could Emily... Let's say you're Adolin, world's greatest detective. Great. Uh, Kaladin's the worst. How can anybody like him? I Ooh. hate him so much. <laughs> Almost too much. Anyway, you know some of the things that a Radiant can do. Mm -hmm. And the Assassin in White can do some of these things, too. What are your conclusions? Ipso facto. <laughs> Ipso facto Columbo Oreo. <laughs> um, I would be worried that... I would be worried that something even bigger was going on. That... Yeah. This man, Adolin, clearly saw with his own eyes. It's not just rumors at this point. Because we find out later that um, people are coming together to, you know, all the high princes are trying to figure out what to do with all the destabilization that's going on everywhere. Um, Adolin, I think, can read literally the writing on the wall that there really is writing on the wall. He can't read. He can't read. What am I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> um, and Kadesh is starting to make the, connect the dots as well because... You know, Kaladin or Adolin's like, couldn't they do all? Couldn't the Radiance do all these things? And Kadesh is like, his like color is draining from his face. He's like, yeah, they could. Like, oh no, like, ooh, is okay. So all we know is that the Radiance betrayed mankind and left. Mm -hmm. And Zeth, uh, we found out last chapter was called truthless because he had said something about people are back. Yeah, is Zeth. A radiant? He doesn't have a sprint. He doesn't have a sprint. Like, I wasn't pausing because I didn't know what to say, but, like, yeah. I'm thinking through because he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't have a sprint, but he has this ability. He mm -hmm. can, so far, he and Kaladin have very similar powers, pulling in Stormlight. What? That being said, what do you think Adolin, world's greatest detective, how will he react when he finds out Poorly. that Bridge Boy has similar powers? Poorly. I think he's going to... Use it to get rid of Kaladin. Oh, He's going no. to use it to frame him. Or... He's a witch. <laughs> Burn <him. laughs> throw, throw Kaladin dungeon. Kaladin dungeon thousand years. Yep, yep. I mean, okay. I don't want to get on a tangent, but I'm thinking it's our podcast. We it's our podcast. We, we can do what we want. Um, I mean, Kaladin saved his life. He saved his dad's life. Is that something that that Adolin can just ignore? Or would he say, 
oh, he did it to get close to us. It was part of the long con. He didn't do it out of the goodness of his heart. Right. Yeah. Kaladin saved their life twice. Mm -hmm. And both times, Adolin hasn't seen, like, the final thing that Kaladin did. Because he sent, Kaladin sent Adolin away at the tower so he didn't see him become his whole Neshua Cadell sort of thing. And he went out the window with Zeth. And so Adolin didn't see how that fight ended either. What's Neshua Cadell? That's uh, what the listeners said when Kaladin showed his powers Got to it. them. Okay. Anyway, well, in the meantime, Navani's back as a point yes. of new character, talking about how she loves how organized the war camps are. And as someone who grew up in a set of towns where everything's on a grid system, I agree with Navani Colin. <laughs> so neat. So intentional. This was the mark of humankind. To take the wild, unorganized world and make something logical of it. You could get so much more done when everything was in its place, when you could easily find what or whom you needed. Creativity required such things. Mm-hmm. And what is Navani overseeing today? She is overseeing an experiment. An experiment! It is time. It is a world ruled by mad science. <laughs> and it's funny because some of the attitude of some people are like, there was an assassination attempt last night. This is not appropriate. But at the same time, she's like, well, what else are we going to do? Just sit around and wring our hands? Mm-hmm. Like, this is the only thing to do. Duh. Yep. Uh, this, so there's a bunch of artists and, and people who work with her around. And one of these artists, Rushu, uh, who I like, um, Rushu's reading something, Emily, and you got really excited. I got really excited because um, we don't get, like, the full text of what she's reading. But basically, if you recall in book one, there was an interlude about a couple of artists doing experiments on Spren and writing their sizes down. And it appears that Rushu is reading that research. Yeah. And that was just really a fun connection. So it's back. So I love Rushu. Mm-hmm. Spoiler, she is a recurring character. Yes. We're going to see her again. And she's always like, I have this thought. And so she's talking uh, today about, have you ever wondered why the Almighty gave beards to men but not to women? For that matter, why do we consider it feminine for a woman to have long hair? Should not more hair be a masculine trait? Many of them have quite a lot of it, you see. Focus, child, Navani <laughs> said. Which is, anyone who's ever had a conversation with me has had to do like, <laughs> I even say it to myself, um... When I'm wandering about the house and I was like, I forgot what I was doing. I actually quote from Kung Fu Panda, the part where Shifu's like, Panda, focus. <laughs> so if you ever hear me say Panda, focus, it means I've got fireworks going off in my brain and I don't know what I'm supposed to do next. <laughs> but anyway, uh, there's tons of people watching because remember, the difference between science and screwing around is writing stuff down. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Mythbusters. And Emily... Why did Navani start this project in the first place? Is it, uh, okay, I, I know what they want to use it for, but tell me if I got this right. They are, basically, they're they're able to make something float, like, like Iron Man's repulsors. They're mm-hmm. able to use that. And they think it will be great for archers in battle, because they will be so up high that they won't be able, like, they, the people down below won't be able to shoot at them, but the archers from above will be able to shoot down. Yeah. But I can't remember if that was the original, was that what? So that was the original outcome she wanted, but I'm going to read you a bit of a paragraph. Okay. 
Everything had been done and checked three times over. She stepped up to the front of the platform, holding the railing tightly with free hand and gloved saved hand, and blessed to the Almighty for the distracting power of a good Fabriel project. She'd used this one at first to divert herself from worrying about Yasna, though she'd eventually realized that Yasna would be fun. True, reports now said the ship had been lost with all hands, but this wasn't the first time that supposed disaster had struck Navani's daughter. Yasna played with danger as a child played with a captive Kremlin, and she always came through. Yeah, we just so got to remember it to that. Distract yourself from. Yeah, uh, oh, the bad times are coming. Um, but this has nothing to do with the book. Okay. But I read the chapters out of your book, which is a completely different size uh-huh. than my book, and so I'm trying to go back to where I remember reading that on the part. No, that's okay. Where the it appeared on the page. Uh huh. And I can't find anything because my book is so much bigger than yours. Their first test is a pretty good success. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of a wobble. So, like, obviously they wouldn't put people on it. But she's just happy it's working. Right? And so as you're reading it, you ask me, you're like, is this like what happens with the span reads? And mm-hmm. Emily, it is. it is. They are what's happening to one fa- what's happening to one gemstone is affecting another gemstone it's mm-hmm. like a pair of linked fabrials a bit like a span read um but adolin is watching and bless his heart is like hey something changed is that platform flying something changed <laughs> why, why you make fun i think he's adorable like it no fits- you're making fun of me oh. liking moa no i was making fun of adolin okay um because he's just so adorable. Because he's thinking these very deep, intense, important thoughts. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's like he walked into a tree. He's like, what is happening? It's like his brain is not used to thoughts of such weight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he can't look up and be like, oh my gosh, this is flying. <laughs> I think I'll try defying gravity. Should that be this that song? Be song. <laughs> all right, it. now we have two songs from the Wicked soundtrack. Nice. Um, but he goes to talk to, you know, his aunt and he, another thing he realizes is that her safe hand isn't covered. She's only wearing a glove. Uh, scandal! <laughs> uh, she says, don't look like that. Dark-eyed women do it all the time. You're not dark-eyed. I'm the Dowager Queen, Navani said. Nobody cares what in damnation I do. I could prance around completely nude and they'd all just shake their heads and talk about how eccentric I am. <laughs> so if you recall earlier, like, when Adolin is getting ready for the duel and he's trying to guess what the glyph is and he gets it wrong and, you know, Navani's kind of like, it wouldn't kill you to learn how to read glyphs. This is something that they can talk about together. Mm-hmm. This sort of like, because he's the one that's like, oh, the battle tactical advantage. And, and you know, she can explain to him how it works. And they're, they're finding, I just love that they are finding this shared love mm-hmm. of what's going on. But you also have to remember, because uh, Adolin brings it up later, that their relationship is going to change even further because... It's it's no secret anymore how Dalinar is into Navani and Navani's into Dalinar. Like like everyone knows it's not a secret. It's not even like an open secret. It's I don't know. I just I love that they're bonding like family and not just like relations, you know. Have you been uh doing anything to encourage my father's advances? 
Encourage him, Navani said. I did more than that, child. I practically had to seduce the man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But anyway, something important. Adolin is freed from his causal betrothal. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Yasna has apparently decided to gallivant off, and she's either going to appear tomorrow to the next life or months from now, and I think that this is a really great foreshadowing Okay. And she'll be there months from now. All right. Mm. Uh, one more thing I want to point out before we go mm-hmm. is as Navani is talking passionately about her favorites to Adolin, she's talking about, oh, all of the things that the Ardents will dream up. And Adolin's like, not that you'll dream up? And she downplays her involvement. She says, oh, no, no, I'm just their patron. I don't have time for diagrams and all this sort of stuff. So she does not consider herself a scientist. It's interesting because, I mean, she has her dowager queen role to play. And I wonder if, because Yasna was the princess, but also had her research, but she was also considered a heretic. And she also was not heir to anything. Right. Um, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but I wonder if Navani still feels that she has a part to play. And being a scientist can't fit into that currently or if that's just something that she's grown up hearing over and over and over again until it's just internal with her because i mean we talk about the alethi who feel like we're so much better than everyone and and this is how the world is and if you hear something like that often enough you will believe it and take it in as truth and so i wonder if that's just something navani has been told over and over and over you're not a scientist you're just dorking around with this mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i just i wonder and it's interesting because Navani's is such a larger than life player that to think that someone has not brainwashed her into thinking this but taught her this and she can't break out of that mindset that's a really interesting it's a really interesting character yeah. thing so all right, well, let's move on to chapter 36, A New Woman. A New Woman! Can you read me the epigraph, please? Yes, and when they were spoken of by the common folk, the releasers claimed to be misjudged because of the dreadful nature of their power. And when they dealt with others, always were they firm in their claim that other epithets... Epithets? Yeah. I don't know how you say that. That's embarrassing. Notably, dust bringers, often heard in the common speech, were unacceptable substitutions, in particular for their similarity to the word void bringers. They did also exercise anger and great prejudice regarding it, though to many who speak, there was little difference between those two assemblies. From Words of Radiance, chapter 17, page 11. <gasps> hey. Hey. What's a dust bringer? We don't know. What is something? Well, it says they were mad that it was similar to the word void bringer. So, so, okay, okay. This is me stretching super far. Void bringers, I'm assuming bring destruction. Would dust bringers bring back mm-hmm. life? Bring back uh, the dust of the earth to begin anew? I want you to open up your notebook. Okay. And I want you to put down a number one, and I want you to write releaser slash dustbringer. Okay. Done. Great. All right. Shalon awoke as a new woman. She wasn't yet completely certain who that woman was, but she knew who that woman was not. 
All right. Okay. I really fell back in love with Shalon in these chapters. Uh-huh. Because I, okay, one of the characters that I, the type of character I really, really enjoy watching on the screen reading about are like the ridiculously competent. We got Pepper Potts uh-huh. in The Avengers. We've got Donna from Suits. We've got, you know, people who just are like, understand what you need before you even need it. Uh, what's What's the housekeeper in... Downton Abbey. Oh, Mrs. Hughes? Mrs. Hughes. Love her. So I feel like Shalon is well on her way to becoming this because she throws so many curveballs in these next couple chapters. Mm-hmm. And it works. It works. I love it. I love it. So, but we'll get there. <sighs> so she has one of the last of Tin's trunks. And how does she unlock it? She uses pattern. Who sees the pattern in the lock and fixes the pattern so it can be unlocked, which I thought was very clever. But uh, she puts on Tin's clothes, her fine clothes, when she needs to, you know, run a con. And Mm -hmm. Shalon starts dressing for the part. And then just one line that gave me a little bit of shivers. Mm -hmm. Then did her face and hair at the mirror using the dead woman's makeup and brushes. Yeah, she keeps... Like, it's almost like she keeps forgetting Tin is dead, but yet she's constantly reminded. Like, at one point, um, we'll come to it, but at one point, something Tin had had her do earlier on is causing consequences. And she's like, oh, I'm going to strangle her. And then she's like, oh, no, I killed her already. Like, already dead. And we're seeing, listen, as as wonderful and incredible and dressing up for battle as Shalon is doing, we are still seeing her just shove all of her emotions down in like this tight little ball and i think the the moment where we see the the closest bit of like almost letting it out is when vatha comes up to say hey we burned all the bodies but if someone finds the fire pit it will cause questions thank you shalon said have one of the men gather the bones into a sack i'll deal with them had she really just said that mm-hmm. It's all, yeah, it's almost like she's watching mm-hmm. outside her body. I mean, that's literally what, right. you know, dissociating is. And it's always a weird feeling, but like, oh, yeah. Whew. Well, Pattern is having a great day. Uh, I can't wait <laughs> for Pattern and Syl to run into each other. Um, Pattern has been hanging out listening to... The men talk all last night. Mm-hmm. What did they talk about? Being unalived. Yep. <laughs> uh, keep your ears open, Pattern. I suspect this day is only going to get more interesting. But I don't have ears, he said. Ah, yes, a metaphor? Such delicious lies. I will remember that idiom. <laughs> Pattern will remember that. Hey, Emily. Shalon made it to the Shatterblades! <laughs> it only took her... 500 pages. Ooh, there we go. How many, how many pages did it take Kaladin to get there? I feel like way more than that. It was only like 10 chapters, I think. But anyway, we are uh, seeing the war camps from Shalon's point of view. And I love that... Maybe this sounds too simplistic. I love how Brandon describes things several times the same thing several times Mm -hmm. but through different characters eyes so you get even more layers about it because shallan comes from maybe not like a very wealthy place but a a 
richer fancy place. fancy place and uh she talks about she'd considered the regional fair on her father's land to be a huge gathering but she is looking at this metropolis that yeah. just exists out here which i understand why the soul casters would be suffering having to provide for all of these these people interesting as she's as she's riding in with her men her attendants and the slaves that she's bought uh she's on a palanquin and she's she's worried she's thinking about what she's going to do and that she needs a high princess protection and as she's saying all this out loud she catches herself she's like i'm just rambling out loud aren't i Mm, pattern said he sounded drowsy though she didn't know if spren could get tired yeah i was wondering i was wondering about that what is that that's odd i'm i'm really worried because we've had multiple people tell the people with spren's that they're gonna murder them and leave their carcass behind for other lesser people and i i don't know how if that's like an accidental thing or if that's like i don't know i'm just nervous i'm just i'm scared Vatha, uh, I would I would vote Vatha as second best detective in the war camp. Okay, because he comes up to Shalon and says, "Hey, something's up. There's too many patrols. There's too many soldiers. The palanquin owners won't say, but something has happened. Something deadly." Ooh. Um, and then he asks, "You aren't here to kill him, are you?" Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Really. Yeah, I I love that because they know she has a shard blade. Yep. Which we now know is women don't have shard blades. And so Shalon's just like, oh my gosh, that's actually a really good idea. Like if no one is expect like no one is expecting this to happen, they're not gonna be able to stop it from happening. I'm not going to kill your king, she said, amused. Wouldn't care if you did, Vatha said softly. Hmm. Almost hope you would. He's a child wearing his father's clothes, that one is. Everything has gotten worse for Alethkar since he took the throne. But my men, we'd have a hard time getting away if you did something <laughs> like that. Hard time indeed. It's interesting because we have only seen the war camp since the death of King Gavilar. Uh-huh. We don't know what the city is like, the actual capital. Alethkar. Alethkar proper. Kolinar. Kolinar proper. And so it'd be interesting. I wonder if Vatha would have contacts in the city and mm-hmm. he'd have, you know, more, more things to, uh, you know, whatever. But one thing I was, I was interested in is no one cares that these strangers come into the war camps. Like it is like a city where people just come yeah. and go. Ugh. As she's worrying about what she's going to do and how she's going to pull this off. And she goes through her pictures and she finds the crinkled, crumpled up sketch of Bluth that she had done. Mm -hmm. That he had become what she had imagined. So she starts drawing something. She manifests energy into the universe. (sighs) Yasna's determination Tin's confidence, a sense of rightness that she could not describe, but which she drew from her brother, Helloran, the best person she had ever known. Emily, what happened to Helloran? Uh, you are excited over what happened to him. What is it? I don't know. Knowing you... Tell the future, witch! Knowing you, it's something Prophesy. horrible. Prophesy! Prophesy! <laughs> <laughs> you were so excited about it, I'm just like, oh no, he's gonna have met a horrible... Horrible end. Well, 
Well, before they can get into the meeting of all the high princes, they have to get past the high prince's honor guard. Yeah. And the captain of said guard, Emily. Emily. Amazing! Amazing! <laughs> okay, so who does she have with her, though? Who does she bring Vatha as her honor guard? Gaz. Although, Vatha does a great job of announcing her. You do not recognize Brightness Devar, the betrothed of Bright Lord Adolin Colin. Yes, their <laughs> reaction. The guards are like, oh my gosh, another one? We can never keep up with this. Again, the perfect cover. But they run into Kaladin. Yes, they do. I loved it so much. <laughs> the man turned, looked her right in the eyes. Then glanced down towards her feet. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Prince Adolin, he said flatly, is engaged to a horn eater. (laughs) Obviously not. (laughs) Like, Shalon is so great at this because, like, if it were me, I would have been like, and she's like, I was in disguise, obviously, for my safety. Obviously. (laughs) And. They have this back and forth, back and forth for, like, two pages, and it gave me very, like, Darcy and Elizabeth vibes of, like, you know. I'm thinking Han and Leia. Han and Leia, yeah, yeah. They just. Classic. She finally has someone she can truly match wits with. That, not that they're on equal foot. They're not on equal footing at all. Socially, But Kaladin doesn't care about that stuff and so he's able to really like give her a run for her own money and and he kind of gets under her skin where she starts firing back without like kind of considering the propriety of it all to the point that they almost kind of cause a scene and I love how Shalon handles this. Again, this was so great and we can go back if you want to but I wanted to, to jump ahead to this where like they make a scene enough that uh, Vatha is just like, ooh, getting into a shouting match with, like, someone who's connected so highly to Dalinar. Is that wise? And Shalon's like, we created an incident. Like, she spins it. She would be the perfect PR person where she's just like, he's going to hear about it. He knows we're around now. Like, yeah. like she's like, this was not my intent, but this is how it's going to yeah. be. Yeah. Because they come to this meeting. They just know that Dalinar's in a meeting and they mm-hmm. go to talk to him. And they don't realize that it's all ten high princes. It's like, a big they meeting. They spot Sadius's colors are represented at the meeting. And speaking of connection to Sadius, uh, when Kaladin sees that gas is part of her retinue, that is what 100% makes him be like, no. Yeah. You're not. You're not legit. Mm-hmm. I should envy you, he said, turning his back to her. My breath needs to be up close to kill. Well, that face of yours can kill a man from any distance. Any man, she asked. Why, it's not working on you. I guess that's proof you're not that much of a man. I misspoke. I didn't mean any man, just males of your own species. But don't worry, I'll take care not to let our chills get close. Oh, your parents are in the area then? <laughs> like, she doesn't even miss a beat. And neither does he. And we haven't seen him get to do this with people but this feels like his mom could have like it feels like he's getting this sort of wit from his mom the sense of humor he mentioned in the last book he gets a sense of humor from his mom Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) he gets all his dourness from his dad (laughs) he's connecting with parts of him 
that haven't been able to be around for a while. And, and I feel like he's coming back to life. Even in the middle of this terrible, horrible situation where there was an assassination attempt, he almost died. All of this stuff went on and it's good for him. Like he's, he just gets to like be more Kaladin. Speaking of being Kaladin, uh, do you want to read us what Gaz's description of Kaladin is? Yes. He was a slave, Gaz said, at the lumber yards where I used to work. Storming man. He's dangerous brightness, violent, a troublemaker. I don't know how he got into such a high position in such a short time. <laughs> <laughs> Shalon is giving Kaladin um, a letter. Orders. Well, some stuff of Yasna's, like, message that was span-readed back and forth for him to deliver to Navani. To prove. And um, he comes in, and again, Kaladin, worst poker face of all time, clearly is annoyed that this has works, uh, that this has worked. And he sends Shalon and... Does, does Vatha go with her? No, Vatha is restrained oh, yeah. when he tried to follow her. I don't know if Gaz even goes. It's just her. Yep. His guards let her pass. They restrained Vath when he tried to follow her. So it's her alone, and all of her men are outside with Bridge Four. <laughs> oh, chapter 37, a matter of perspective. Give me this giant epigraph. Now, as each order was thus matched to the nature and temperament of the herald it named patron, there was none more archetypal of this than the stone wards who followed after Telenalat Alin, stone sinew, herald of war. They thought it a point of virtue to exemplify resolve, strength, and dependability. Alas, they took less care for imprudent practice of their stubbornness, even in the face of proven error. From the Words of Radiance, chapter 13, page 1. Open up your notebook. Done. I want you to write down number two and write stone wards. Stone wards. So not that I know much about this, uh-huh. but I resonate with this <laughs> description. <laughs> Alas, they took less care for imprudent practice of their stubbornness, even in the face of proven error. It has been pointed out to me, rightfully so, that I make snap decision judgments about people and don't let it go. Because, because, there's no way I would have said 8.30 if I thought the party <laughs> lasted until 11. I'm thinking Moash. I'm thinking other people. I can't wait to prove an error you about <laughs> Moash. All right. Anyway, we are back to Adolin's point of view. Two hours of the meeting have gone by of everybody complaining about the assassination uh, why can't anything be done and Adolin's like none of you get it we can't do we can't do anything yeah he's not stuck in a spiral but kind of like stuck in a spiral of just this person's too strong none of us can do anything this is terrible so um Dalinar has told Adolin to change out of his plate but Adolin has given his plate to someone else, uh, General Call, and is like, they're waiting. They're waiting. Father thinks it's unlikely for the assassin to come back, but Adolin's like, "Uh uh-uh, we are setting guards and we're waiting. He could come here. Yes. Okay, so this is so dangerous. Yep. This is so dangerous to have every high prince in the same room. Yeah. To have every high-ranking official here in the same place. because. If, if there is an attack, I mean, we saw this in Yaakov Ed, like everyone in the room was killed. Like 
I mean, this is what the whole point of of a designated survivor is about, you know? Right. <laughs> maybe um, it's Renard at the meeting. Maybe he's designated he survivor. Is. No, he's there okay. because because later on, Shalon's like he's sitting next to some spectacle person. Oh, no! <laughs> I'm just a poor boy. Nobody loves me. He's just a poor boy from the Coleman family. <laughs> But they are talking about what's going on in the world. I mean, I understand why they're all together. It's just a stupid idea. Um, but like all the deaths that have gone on in Yakaved, king slaughtered, ruling bodies decapitated all over Roshar. You know, they just, they talk about how the, the assassin had killed dozen of soldiers bearing half shard shields that could block his blade as well as three shard bears, including the king. <gasps> yes. Question. Answer. Can you only own one shard blade at a time? Rafo. Because I'm thinking if he has defeated them all, mm-hmm. I guess if Adolin is going to defeat all the people, he owns the blades? Mm-hmm. Um. So Zeth did not take any of the blades of anyone he's right. defeated. I'm just saying like theoretically. Do you know what? Uh, Rafo. Okay. Okay. Uh, we haven't seen yet how someone bonds a blade to them. We have seen how someone breaks a bond because in one of his first duels, Adolin says, you know, break your bond. And the dude um, did something to the, the ruby. gem yeah, in the pommel of his sword and that broke the bond. Well, like, Renarin has to carry around the blade for weeks before it, like, bonds to him. But... Oh, then never mind. We do know how. <laughs> you have to carry the blade around for weeks. Got it. Got it. And that would be hard as an assassin to, like, mm-hmm. juggle all the blades you're trying to <laughs> It's like the Ten of Swords tarot card. Yes. Um, question. Not question. I was thinking of something funny. Um, it was probably King of Arts related. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. No, no, no. So, Aelin talks about the mental discipline and clarity it takes to give your sword commands like that. Yes. So, my thought is... Like, what would it be like trying to keep track of two blades? Like, yeah. I don't know if a single-minded person could be able to do that kind of focus. That is interesting. Oh, that's fascinating. Because, I mean, we talk about Nightblood, you know, mm-hmm. who you've got to, like, really keep a <laughs> it's short... More like, in Soviet Warbreaker, <laughs> uh, sword control you. <laughs> But, but yeah, the idea of, I mean, how sentient are these things? I mean, Adolin talks to his. It doesn't talk back to him. Right. Um, and you had said that that we know that Nightblood was an attempt to make a shard sword. Did we? Did we not talk about that? Shard blade. Ding! Nabbit! I am so stupid. You're not. You're not stupid. <laughs> I was listening to our Roswell coverage, and there's an episode where I could not keep Max and Michael apart to save my life. <laughs> to the part where, like, we had to stop the podcast so I could yell about it. <laughs> so, I know that your greatest weaknesses are shard blades and span reads. <laughs> You'll get there. I'll get there eventually. But yeah, I wonder if you could, if you can give the same order to two blades at once, or if you have to be like, you, you got this? Okay, now you, okay, you got this? No, okay, like the, uh, oh, wait, the other one, you know, like, ooh, that'll be exciting. Because you have to, because Aelin wasn't, you know, speaking commands to his, up, up. 
up. <laughs> but he was uh, mentally picturing what he wanted the sword to do. And yeah. I guess it's just, you need twice the concentration. Okay. Um, as Adolin's sitting here pretending not to be nervous, he spots someone across the crowd. It's like... It's like a fancy dinner and all the grown-ups are talking and Adolin's like, where's all the other kids? <laughs> yeah, and so he looks at Relis, who's Ruthar's son, his star shard bearer, um, and Adolin has some thoughts about what Ruthar chose Adolin to wear. is so judgy. He's the mean girl. He's the greatest mean girl detective in the world. <laughs> he wore a frilly outfit of green and yellow. It wasn't even interesting. He had the choice to wear anything and he chose this but uh, he wants to duel Relis because Relis is a full shard bearer. A lot of the people he's been dueling have either just plate or just a blade. I don't know. Or they've borrowed one or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they have one and they've borrowed the other. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. This whole scene. Again, we're not the heart pounding adrenaline stuff. And I'm going to beat this point until everybody gets it. These chapters are so great because the stakes are so high. That's so good. Oh, it's so good. And it's, it's, listen, you said this earlier. You love the political drama and family intrigue. intrigue. Because, um, like, Adolin is trying to progress their family's plan, which is to duel and get Shardblade. Shardblades? Yes, I did it. Um, and we know that people have said no, and he is now going, like, one-on-one. And not basically saying, like, you're a coward, but kind of enough alluding to the fact. And at one point, he starts making these outrageous promises. Like, he's a little too eager. He, mm-hmm. I, oh, okay. This sort of characterization is so good. Because at one point, Adolin promises not only his plate and blade, but his brother's plate and and blade mm-hmm. and his dad he promises like five he things promises five shards it might even yeah i think it might be oh it might his be his dad's plate and is it oh no with the shard that he won from Arana. right right okay. right because, so wait, wait, wait. and it's just like he does have the skill to back it up but it seems so desperate at the same time about like i can beat you i can do it let me do it let me do it you're an idiot if you don't do it like he puts too good of a too good of bait out there yeah way too good of bait and and people are like no i'm not so the person that he's foremost attacking here Mm -hmm. with his words (laughs) is the current dueling champion oh and adolin if he had not stepped out of the brackets, we've heard, like, Adolin would be this champion. And yeah. this guy is like, you have to fight your way up through the ranks. <gasps> That's right. And so Adolin's getting more and more desperate for this crowd of light eyes his own age. Mm-hmm. And then when he finally says no, he turns to the cousin who only has the plate mm-hmm. and says, well, what about you? Yeah. And so it seems like yeah. his real attack has been on this the leader of the duels, his peer, his everything, and he adds that sense of desperation by going to the cousin. Mm-hmm. And so good. Oh, Relis, who's Ruth, our son, is so upset. And then Adolin says, "You told me to fight up through the brackets. Do what you told me to. Don't Ooh. get mad. Don't worry. I'm not gonna do but, what everyone thinks I'm gonna yeah. do. <laughs> but uh, we did it." 
Uh, Adolin has his next duel in a week. Seven days. Yep. Not a week. And, right. <laughs> I was thinking of Earth Week. But anyway, Elit wasn't ranked highly, but he served Ruthar, who was more and more acting as Sadius's right-hand man. Beating him would take Adolin one step closer to the real goal. A duel with Sadius himself. Mm -hmm. And then he gets jump scared. <laughs> because who's right behind him? Sadius. Hey. Oh, I love... Okay. Oh, oh. Listen, I'm just gonna fawn over this chapter because it's so well done. Um, because Sadius is doing the same thing to Adolin. Where he's... He's playing up all of his weaknesses in order to get exactly what he wants. Like, he knows what buttons to push. And he wants Adolin to embarrass himself in public uh -huh. and basically uh, insult him. And he knows Adolin is a brash, hot-headed uh -huh. duelist who will react instead of think. We will follow your dueling career with great interest. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and because, oh, oh, Sadius, okay, okay, I'm, I'm trying to come up with the words of why I love this so much. I mean, we hate Sadius. Adolin, I think, hates him the most. Uh-huh. Number one Sadius hater. Number one Sadius hater. Um, because... Even if Adolin is, like, coming across as, like, oh, yes, I'm this put-together person, I think that being abandoned to die on the tower has affected him more than he wants to let on. Yeah. And he has all this pent-up rage and aggression. And even just being near, like, Sadius is a huge trigger for him. Mm -hmm. Huge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he could snap at any moment. <laughs> And Sadius uses that to full advantage, the bastard. And just, <laughs> oh, I hate this person. <sighs> He's so good at what he does, though. Like, I can't help but admire him a little bit, too, about, like, wow. And I can't believe I'm saying this. But, like, <laughs> watch your mouth out. <laughs> but Sadius is so smart. Yeah. There's so much going on at the same time. I love it so much. And so he winds Adolin up and Adolin is about to punch this dude's lights out when Amram comes along and is like, no, don't do it. Think about what you're doing. I'm Amram. Now here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, Amram and Sadius are allies. Yes. And so. But. Oh. Oh. He's also kind of allies with Dalinar a tiny bit. Yeah. Adolin turns. He is gonna. He is gonna punch Sadius in the face That's, before uh, Amram yeah. hatches him. Yeah. Do you think that Sadius and Amram planned this? <gasps> now I do. Sadius is building him up, and Amram pulls him back. Okay, I could see that, but I could also see. Yeah, because I don't think it. I don't think. Sadius wants the big fallout yet. I think what Sadius wants... Well, first, he doesn't want Adolin to duel at all, but I think he's accepted the fact that... I think he's changed his mind. He uh, changed yeah. his mind in the last chapter with mm -hmm. Eli. Yeah, and so I think he wants to have Adolin have this, like, blaze of glory before Sadius takes him out and, like, gives him the biggest humiliation lesson of all time. Yeah. And so, oh, yeah, I, I could totally believe that Amram 
did this on purpose to be like, oh, no, let me be your friend. Because the sad, oh, Adolin's going to get betrayed all over again. And it's so interesting because we see this from all the Alethi about how great they are and how they think they themselves honorable people. And it's just woven into their very DNA into the air that they breathe of like how honorable and wonderful they are. And you kind of see this hero worship a little bit from Adolin. And I also am looking forward to the idea of Adolin looks up to these heroes, Mm -hmm. but Adolin is climbing the ranks to become a hero himself. And I, I, I love the idea that he's not quite there yet. But he's getting there. He's getting up to these people's level. Yeah. And I would say hero worship isn't quite this the right phrase for Amaram. Yeah. But he holds him in high esteem, very high, high regards. Yeah. If a hero worshipped him, he would not drift off in the middle of his speech. <laughs> <laughs> but uh Emily. Oh, that's so good. Across a crowded room. Who was that? Who was that? Gorgeous red hair. There wasn't a single lock of black in it, a slender build, so different from the curvaceous Alethi. A silken blue dress, simple yet elegant, pale skin, it almost had a shin look to it, matched by light blue eyes, a slight dusting of freckles under the eyes, giving her an exotic cast. She was so different. She's not <laughs> like other girls. I adored this i just about fell off the the couch i was like giggling so Mm. hard so i'm not telling you during the climax of a book thank you but a bit about how shalom looks specifically is brandon said he's imagined um the people of yakaved looking um mainly japanese and irish with her red hair and freckles Mm -hmm. so she does have like the narrower eyes um, she's got, though, her, her red hair and her freckled skin. And oh. so Shin are mostly Caucasian. And so, like, her skin is pale enough that he's like, oh, she almost appears Shin. Look at her Amaram, Adolin said. That hair. Have you ever seen anything such a deep shade of red? Like, he goes from honor to, oh. <laughs> Vaden, I'd warrant, Amaram said. Horn eater blood. There are family lines that pride themselves on it. It couldn't be. Could it? Excuse me. Adolin said, breaking away from Amram and shoving politely his way over to where the young woman was speaking to his father and his aunt. Oh, oh I'm, no. I'm afraid. What are they talking about? Well, she's she's jumping the gun here. No. <laughs> because she says, yes. all right, Lady Yasna did go down with the okay, ship. Okay, that's technically true. She did go down with the ship. I will go down with this ship. Maybe that should be the song. Well, no, because the real lyrics are, I won't go down with this Yeah, ship. that's why we should put it on there. Hey, baby. I'm going to be vindicated so hard. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of fighting. <laughs> I'm just going to let you be crushed <laughs> instead. I'm going to let you build your hopes up so high. And then I'll laugh at you all at once. Oh, no. That's so mean. It is. Anyway, uh, can you read us the, the epigraph that cuts him right here in the middle of the statement? Yes. So this is chapter 38, The Silent Storm. Now, as the wind runners were thus engaged, arose the event which has hitherto been referenced, namely the discovery of some wicked things of eminence, 
though whether it be some rogueries among the Radiant's adherents or of some external origin, Avina would not suggest. From Words of Radiance, chapter 38, page 6. <gasps> Write down number three in your notebook. Put down Windrunners. Windrunners. So we have Dust Bringers, or Releasers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Stone Wardens, mm-hmm. and we have Windrunners. Perfect. Can you hazard a guess as to how many numbers you should write down in your book? Ten. You are so correct. Thank you. <laughs> what are these? These are the classes, the... These are the types of Types radiance. of radiance. Okay, so this... There's some rogueries among the Radiance adherents, it seems like. Okay, jumping ahead of all of that. Yep. This is the chapter where Shalon... Whoa, so we're just, we're just not going to talk about it? Okay, No, I want to get into, into this so chapter. bad. Um, this is the chapter where Shalon informs everyone of Yasna's death. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting the way everyone reacts like i understand why navani reacts the way she does she's very okay so okay maybe not okay stop listen let's go here we go i wasn't (laughs) saying anything okay i'm ready so when she thinks dalinar is dead she does this big like she she draws the glyph for justice and lights it on fire Mm. like like it's this huge public display and we know that she cares for Yasna, but she holds it together so tightly, like she excuses herself and leaves. I mean, she's very, she's upset about it. She tries to like, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this later, but she's like, okay, you let her go down with the ship. You killed my daughter, basically. And, and, and her boat. And her boat. But I don't know. I, I was surprised the way that Navani reacted to this, that it wasn't more... What? Oh, I have thoughts when you finish your thought. Just, I understand why she had to, like, keep it locked up so tight. Yeah. But it was just a very different reaction than when she thought Dalinar had died. Yeah. So, with the Dalinar thing, that was something that was very quick. Mm-hmm. That was a battle over the course of an afternoon. Uh-huh. And the Yasna thing has been such a slow build mm-hmm. over weeks. Yeah. Where Navani's like... Was really worried for a while. And then she's been distracting herself with this project. And then she's been convincing herself everything is fine. Mm -hmm. And it's more like she's been trying to hold that weight up for so long. And trying to keep the worry at bay. That I think that's why this this instantaneous reaction. This reaction in the moment is much different than the thing with Dalinar. Because also the thing with Dalinar... Was clearly like rage at Sadius too. Oh yeah, it was like all yeah. mixed in with it. But like we get, I mean, Dalinar doesn't react too much, but I think that's because he's used to death and suffering as a soldier. But I would feel like if it was your flesh and blood, you would react a little stronger. Elokar's just like, mm. like he doesn't react at all, and like Adolin's like. Let's go take a walk, Shalon. Let's go get to know each other. And I just I just find it interesting how everyone's reacting to this. You know what I think it is? What? I think they're like, she'll be back. I don't think they believe it. So I'm thinking more like the the moment where Navani is like, tell me what happened, exactly what happened. Tell me all of it right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you sort of skipped a little bit over where Shalon Notices Adolin across a crowded room. Yes. Uh, okay, so this was interesting because she's telling... Well, she, she I think, 
does it like, well, I'm not emotional about this because I've had so much time to think about it. Yeah. And so she's just basically stating like, your daughter's dead and here's what I saw and yeah. that's just how it is. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. Shalon took a deep breath, preparing to begin, steeling herself against the emotions and finding herself surprisingly in control. Mm-hmm. So she's getting much better at tamping. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And she's had to go through and change her story. Mm-hmm. Because she can't let people know that she and Yasna had powers. Yep. Um, so yeah, Navani, Navani excuses herself and leaves. Um, Pattern is... After Navani leaves, she checks in with Pattern. Pattern's hidden on her skirt Mm -hmm. and i've seen some really great cosplays where people just embroider pattern on their shirt on that's cool and it looks really great quick rewind though i'm sorry we we jumped over this where when shalon like describes what she did and that she set the boat on fire and navani like you said is blaming her for it and dalinar's like no she made a tactically sound choice it's like she is dadinar approved (laughs) oh i loved the scenes we'll get into them but the scenes with dalinar and Shalon, mm-hmm. I think earlier Shalon would not have been able to have the conversations with Dalinar that she did. I think post conversation she would have been like, "Oh, I wish I would have said this. Oh, I wish I would have yeah. said this." But current Shalon is much more quick yeah. of tongue. So, like this new version, the version that she drew out mm-hmm. is so prepared and ready yeah. for this yeah. for this meeting. Um, and she's able to quite quickly tick the first box off of her list. Dalinar assures her. That he will give her pardons for her men. It was so easy. It was so easy. I was so surprised at that. Not in a bad way. Just happy that like... Because sometimes I feel like authors are just like, oh, we have to get through so much stuff and everything has to mean stuff. And, you know, and here, like, I love how Brandon can still surprise me by just being like, done, 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 done. Let's get to the next part. (laughs) What? I'm laughing at the Shalon Adolin conversation and just how different it was from the Shalon Kaladin conversation. <laughs> um, so so she she wraps up what she's talking about with Dalinar and then she starts to really look at Adolin. Uh-huh. Uh, she found it much easier to ignore the pains of speaking of Yasna when looking at him. She found herself blushing. This could be dangerous. He steps up. With a cup of wine, Shalon Debar. Like, here is the ladies man. Shalon Debar, he asked. Um, was she? Oh, right. She took the wine. Yes? <laughs> uh, okay, so I like to read this. Um, not the descriptions, uh-huh. but just the just the dialogue. Okay. So I'm going to be... Wait, would you like to be Shalon or Adolin? You, you be who you want to be. No, I'm going to let you pick. I want to be Adolin. Okay, then I'll be Shalon. <laughs> yes? Adolin Kalin, I am sorry to hear of your hardships. We will need to speak to the king of his sister. I can spare you that task if I might go in your place. Thank you, but I would prefer to see him myself. Of course. As for our involvement, it did make a lot more sense when you were Yasna's ward, didn't it? Probably. Though... Now that you're here, perhaps we should go for a walk and just see how things feel. I like to walk. Um, your hair is nice. My hair? Yes. Uh, blonde hair isn't often seen in Yakaved. Some people see it as a mark of my bloodline being impure. Funny. They say the same thing to me about my hair. 
<laughs> Dalinar comes in. Adolin, punch me some wine. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, he doesn't drink. I... Dalinar doesn't drink. You are right. I am right. He did this just to get Adolin out of the way. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> says he's a bad dad (laughs) so there's a pretty big difference as to how she interacts with each of our narrators but anyway dalinar sends elin off to get wine and shalon just tells him oh my gosh i was so again brandon how do you keep doing this how do you keep surprising me i feel like i have like a pulse on this book and then it's like she has come all this way. She talks about being a con woman. She talks about needing to get into this. Like, this is not what you tell a man whose good graces you need to be in. But she just tells him, hey, I'm from a destitute family that's, like, basically falling apart. And he's, yeah. Um, but she is able to say, listen, Yasna saw something in me. How many wards has Yasna ever had? And as they're talking, though, she starts to feel constricted yes because oh this was this was so good because okay try not to get on my high horse and preach a little bit but she's been outside the quote-unquote confines of society i believe that there are things in society that have a place you know like don't murder people and like you know that sort of thing (laughs) but like she's (laughs) that's a suggestion But it's been crazy because she has been outside the confines of society this entire time that she's been kind of with Yasna even. I mean, like, they had society niceties that they followed. Yasna's a heretic. And Mm -hmm. she's also the highest ranked person in any room. And so, like, the privileged people don't really have to follow the niceties of society the way the middle upper class does. Mm -hmm. And... Shalon has kind of had free reign to do whatever has popped into her head to become the leader of the caravan, to mm. kill this woman, Tin, to do all again. again just <laughs> Um, but she's she's been able to see growth in herself, and all of a sudden, here comes Dalinar, who is who I mean. He follows the rules so closely. He won't even drink specific kinds of wine. And he, you know, wears his uniform and everything. And he's giving her very reasonable accommodations. But after not having had to do them for so long, all of a sudden, Shalon kind of, yeah, like you said, feels that that rope almost tightening around her neck. Yeah. Because, yeah, she's she's going to be watched. Yeah, he's going to put her in a position with his clerks where she's like, well, at least that would pay. But she's like, I yeah, she realizes she's going to be watched the whole time and she can't do anything. She can't and fulfill her plan. She starts, she starts refusing on instinct. She does not have a plan here. Mm-mm. That is generous of you, Bright Lord, she found herself saying. Again, we're getting all of this. It's not like she's fully disassociating here, but she's just... Moving on ahead without letting her emotions do anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you think she was going to say to him at this point? I have no idea. I would have been so interested to know because I don't even think she knew what she was going to say. Mm-hmm. Like, it just feels like she's like, well, I can't do this. But, like, maybe if I talk, a plan will appear, you know? Yep. 
So we go back to the meeting and thank goodness Brandon did not write out all two hours of the meeting that preceded. But now we're seeing it, you know, where Adolin was bored to tears. Shalon is a new player on the board mm-hmm. and she's mentioning each of the high princes, what Yasna thought of them, what was in her yes. notes. And I love this because as an outsider who doesn't really know what's going on, having to kind of like put it all together, this was such a great way to introduce like you said, introduce the players. Because Adolin, I think Adolin's mind would have wandered and he would have been thinking about yeah. his own things. But this is life and death to Shalon. She has to pay attention mm-hmm. to and, what's going on and who's who. And bless his heart, greatest detective in the world. <laughs> yeah. I think some of the intricacies of what's happening politically would be a little bit above Adolin's head because something Shalon gathers as she watches the meeting long enough is this is meeting is not about the assassin in white. Yeah. Which is what Aileen was like, oh, everybody's bragging, everybody's blah, 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 blah. But Shalon realizes that this meeting is each of them are trying to persuade the neutral high princes to join their factions. Mm-hmm. That Sadius is not speaking up a lot, but Ruithar, uh, who's... The dude that Adolin wants to duel, his Mm -hmm. dad is this other high prince. Mm -hmm. Um, Ruthar is trying to pull people over. And Dalinar's not saying much. And and, um, Dalinar's allies are trying to say things. Well, no, Dalinar's allies. He doesn't have allies in this room. (laughs) But there is a storm in this room, a silent one. Mm -hmm. And she notices that everyone falls into one of the three factions, Dalinar, Sadius, and Neutral, except for Subariel, who kept rolling his eyes and throwing out commentary that bordered on the obscene. He obviously made the other Alethi uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. She is able to, like, pick apart what's really going on. Like, she's fabulous. <laughs> and so... The biggest gamble that we've seen. Oh my gosh. Unbelievable. If this hadn't worked, everything would have been lost. Everything. I don't know how she had the guts to do this. And so everyone is trying to get Shalon on their faction. Because they want Yaakovet, they want Vaden connections. Not because they're interested in her necessarily, but because of what she represents. And she's going through all of Yasna's notes. And she ends up making a gamble, not based on what Yasna... Because Yasna didn't think much of Sabariel and didn't note down much about stupid, him. stupid, yeah. And so Shalon uses a combination of what she's... what The info she's got from Yasna and what she's observed in the room. And she says... Well, Dalinar's like, oh, she's going to stay in my camp, obviously. Mm-hmm. That she says, oh, do you know what? Um, Bright Lord Sabariel was the first to offer me a position. And so he's going to invite me to stay with him. And Sabariel goes along with goes it along with it i hope he's not an idiot i hope this is a percy scarlet pimpernel situation where uh, percy has to pretend to be an idiot and to be a fop and he's really a genius underneath although i'm afraid that if sabariel hasn't done anything up to this point then maybe my hopes are placed in the wrong man but He's just like, oh, yes, of course, this we this was the plan all along. And then she goes even further to I say, know. yeah, and he's going to give me this huge allowance. And Sabariel's eyes are like, what? <laughs> um, Dalinar is like, hang on. 
And then Shalon Perfect was like, I didn't think it would be appropriate to stay in the house of someone who's courting me. That's right. She has an answer for everything. Where is this coming from? Who is this woman? Who? It's a new woman. It's a new woman. <laughs> it's in the chapter title. <sighs> well, anyway. And when everyone's kind of upset about it, like, I think, okay, I think unwittingly she has made herself not a target, but a, a subject of interest that if they can't have her, they're going to work really hard to be able to get At something her. from her. Yeah. And uh, so afterwards, when he like pulls her aside and is like, hey, listen, I don't know why you threw in with me. Everybody knows I like to. Uh, some men just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> and he's like, oh, but I'm not going to pay you that much. Like, that's how much it costs to keep my mistress. Just out there in yeah. the open. And um, she's like, no, 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 you will, because it's on public record as you doing this. Yeah. Like, like she doesn't even back down for that. Like, she's not even embarrassed about this at right? all. Not only that, but she's like, It'll be well worth it. It'll be so profitable. And then internally, she's like, I just have to figure out how. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She is bluffing. She's playing with an empty hand. She's got two pairs of nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you're hungry. For For nothing. nothing. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, this all gets a little overshadowed by Dalinar. Finally. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought I I had I had made a prediction uh-huh. that the Parshendi were being paid to do this, yep. being paid to take, you know, this fall. Yep. Delinar starts talking about, isn't it interesting that the Parshendi came to talk to us and then the assassin in white came again and everyone's like, It's because they're working with him and he's like, That's a really big coincidence, like that sort of thing. But Oh, shoot. There was something that said... I wonder if the Parshendi are being framed. Yes, that's it. someone is using this assassin to make certain that Alethkar never knows peace. Which is literally what's happening. That's what Teravangian is doing. However, Teravangian is only doing it because the Parshendi hired Zeth to do this. Mm -hmm. And then Teravangian, once he gets a hold of Zeth... They had a reason for doing it. They didn't want... Gavilar to do whatever he was going to do. But the first time, it was the Parshendi. And Teravangian, the second time, is using Zeth to destabilize it. But he's basically, like, using the cover of, like, obviously the Parshendi did it before. They're, they're connected to it again. Because, yeah. Yeah. like, we know what the listeners are up to. And we know, like, the whole Eshenai thing. But mm-hmm. um, how do you think, just just curious, how do you think the meeting with Eshenai is going to go now that bad. she's in storm form? Okay. Super bad. Bad. Okay. I think... Blood will be spilled. And Dalinar announces he is going to go to the center of the Shattered Plains to defeat the Parshendi for good. Like once and for all. And is like, I'm going to declare nude shard bearers because my son is going to take all of your shards. Oh, I love that. And everyone's like, okay. <laughs> and Shalon finally realizes that like Yasna's notes are they're outdated mm-hmm. absolutely and she's she's, she's like, got to be, be the new yasna she has to step into yasna's shoes and <sighs> like i don't know be the the chess master of whatever's yeah. going on and i think sorry go ahead sorry no just i was going to jump to the end of the chapter that's this is this is just such a satisfying set mm-hmm. of chapters because you know you we we assume shalon's been learning from a con woman 
that she's going to show up for a con. But the truth is what gets her all of these places. Mm -hmm. And it's way more interesting. Right. I think if things continue the way they are, Shallan's going to end up as a major behind-the-scenes shaker and mover. I think she is going to be the quiet power behind... Mm -hmm. Oh, no. (gasps) The quiet power behind what? Oh, no. I had a horrible thought. I don't know why it it. popped into my head. Put your intrusive thoughts on the podcast. Oh, they can't, though, because... (laughs) I was like, what if they have her marry Elokar? He's already married. He has a secret wife. That's right. <laughs> She's safe. <laughs> but I thought like maybe Navani would set it up because Navani could see the potential in Shallan and think that she could help shore up and strengthen the throne. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Which is why I guess they I mean, put her with Adolin. Adolin's in line for the throne. Yeah. Adolin's third in line for the throne. Unless there's... Yeah, no, he would be. Because I'm like, what about yeah. extra children out there that we don't know about Dalinar's yet? not in line. Mm-hmm. Dalinar is in line. Yeah, Adolin's third in line. So it's... Gavilar is on the throne. Uh-huh. Then first in line is his son. Second in line, I believe, is Dalinar. And Gavilar's third not in on line, the throne. He's dead. I meant Elkhart. <laughs> Elkhart... Okay, so the king is on the throne, and the king's son is first in line. I think Dalinar's second in line, and then Adolin's third. What in if line. Elokar has kids, that, more kids that we don't know about? Well, the book has said Adolin's third in line, <laughs> okay. and then Renarin, but apparently he's everyone's afterthought. Oh, okay. Here's another. Here's another thing. Remember how we were like, how did she get pardons for all the men so easily? She, like, sits around and waits to get the actually, like, in writing and mm-hmm. just gets it. Just I gets it. just loved that. Yeah. It was so quick and so easy. I'm like, oh, thank you. Because there's been so many things in these last few chapters that have been so stressful. And, like, mm-hmm. they've really had to, like, work and scheme and, like, be sneaky about stuff. And here it's just like, money, please. Yeah. <laughs> so when Kaladin made it to the Shattered Plains... Everything got exponentially worse and more difficult for him. Mm-hmm. And it was Shallan's journey to the Shattered Plains that was like the huge trial. Like yeah. you said, 500 pages. Yeah. Um, but there's one little paragraph here that is very sad to me. And it's, it's he, she's just finished her talk with Sabariel. Mm-hmm. Just a moment, Shallan said, you go on ahead. I'll catch up at your carriage. She walked off seeking the king to whom she personally delivered news of Yasna's death. He took it well with regal dignity. Dalinar had probably already informed him. We don't see, we don't see her conversation with Elokar. We don't see her think that, what an idiot, how could Yasna be related to this dude? <laughs> I'm sure that's coming. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, she gets it. She gets, she gets the pardon for her men. Mm-hmm. She has a place to stay. They have a place to stay. Her causal with Adolin is not exactly back on, but they're going to start courting. Mm-hmm. Like, she's getting paid good money. She did it. And she's practically free. She doesn't have yeah. to work for anybody. We are now getting into predictions corner. Okay. Shalon's here. She's working with... She's she's living with Sabariel. Mm-hmm. Please give me a forecast about Shalon and Adolin. Um, oh, I, there's not so many ways this could go. I'd almost be a little disappointed if their relationship went the same way as everybody else's. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, this is me being super judgy, and I'm just going to be judgy. I feel like the quality and type of girls he's been dating have been, I'm going to say sheltered. Like, or very, not sheltered, but very, this is my role, and this is how I act. And, like, I act offended, and he's supposed to do this very specific thing that he doesn't get that he's supposed to do. So, like, Maria and Michael from... Yes. Yeah. Yes, there's a there's a script that he's supposed to follow that he doesn't, which makes them upset because they can't control... Not that they can't control, but mm-hmm. it's not going the way they want it to. And I feel like Shalon never being in this position before is going to react very differently and catch Adolin's eye. Something to consider. Mm-hmm. She's the youngest in a family full of brothers. Yes! Yes, like I said, she's she is going to surprise them by just being herself. Like, she has her own ulterior motives. It has nothing to do with getting to the throne or getting power. Mm-hmm. I mean, she wants to be powerful. Yeah. But I don't think she's going to be the scheming, conniving... How can I get... Because no one else even, like, pays attention to Renarin. I hope she <laughs> befriends Renarin. Okay. He I could use some friends. He could use some friends. I hope that... I Also, my hope is that she and her siblings were good friends and not just, like, scheming to, like, one-up each other. Uh-huh. I hope that, like, Renarin and Adolin and Shallan almost become inseparable. Okay. That's what I hope. Um. Now, please... Forecast for me, Shalon and Kaladin. They are, I, I truly feel they're going to be the Han and Leia of the. Because yeah, you were very excited for, sorry I interrupted, but Pattern and Syl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like their relationship, because Pattern and Syl I feel like are enemies at this uh-huh. point. I'm excited. <laughs> it feels like Shalon and Kaladin are. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see how that's going to be reflected or how mm-hmm. that's going to affect things because. Maybe Shalon will be so intrigued to find out more that she's going to be, like, not desperate, but she's going to be really invested in learning more about Syl. Because deep down at heart, she's a scholar. She wants to know things. And what better way than, like, directly interviewing a spren? But can Mm -hmm. she see other people's spren? Like, can, I I mean, if Syl doesn't allow her to be seen. Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. She has horn eater ancestry. <gasps> That's true. We haven't seen her do anything like that before. Did you just give something Listen, away? Listen, no, I didn't give something away, <laughs> but a couple pieces fell into place for me about something else. Okay. Oh. oh. Listen, I... Do you want me to cover my ears and go no. la la la? <laughs> You're editing this! People. Okay, okay. Moving moving on from there. Okay. Is Shalon going to tell Dalinar that she's a Radiant? I don't think so okay. at this point. Maybe in the future, but I think she's going to accidentally discover Kaladin as a Radiant. <laughs> That's what I think. And he's going to be miffed that this girl who stole his boots has also stolen his secret. Ooh, ooh. Because he's so afraid the light eyes will take it away from him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, Shalon will be hanging out at Sabario's house. Mm-hmm. Is he... Sabaros? Is that where we eat pizza? <laughs> <laughs> it's a pizza pie. <laughs> They're always cut in ten slices. <laughs> That'd be really hard to do. Anyway, um... 
Now, is Wait, he... no, think of the, think of the circle, A, B, B, C. <laughs> right, the radiant pizza. <laughs> I'm just saying it's hard because you can't cut ten. Like, you could cut it in... <sighs> Whatever. Listen, this Sorry, is a sidetrack. <laughs> Welcome to Harold's Pizza, <laughs> where we burn it in the fires of damnation for four bats and you'll take what you get and you'll like it. Hey, there's only nine slices in this box. Well, we had to throw the other one in the fire. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, I'm going to ask you for a sabarial prediction. Mm-hmm. Is he uh, Percy, a fop hiding a good heart, or is he Taravangian take two, a man putting on a front? I want Percy, okay. but I think I'm going to get a Teravangian who, I don't know that he has we'll desires to rule. Two Avangian. <laughs> two Tarian, two Vangian. <laughs> nice. Um, I don't, I mean, it's. I've only known him for two pages, but I, I don't get the feel that he's out for the throne. Although the person that you least suspect is usually the person who's done this. The person you least suspect is the victim. <laughs> the throne is sentient. <laughs> and so, I mean, maybe he's bored out there and wants to, oh, I don't know. He, there's so many things, ways this could go. I, I really think he's going to be an interesting, fun character to mm-hmm. read about. I hope he doesn't annoy me. I really want to be on his side. Now, we have uh, the most bright upcoming scholar in the whole world, uh-huh. Shalon Devar. Yes. And we have the mother of the most famous scholar in the world, Navani Khalid. Yeah. What's happening there? I don't think that Navani's going to want to talk to Yasmin, want to talk to Shalon for a while because okay. I mean in her grief where she's like right. you were the one that doomed my daughter and and Dalinar who's the more like level-headed of the two I guess mm-hmm. at this point is you know is explaining like there was like yeah like you said she made the most tactically sound yeah. thing I think Navani is going to be wary I think she's going to be suspicious of Shalon because Navani's smart. Mm-hmm. I think Shalon, for as cool as she's being right now, she's still a young 17-year-old girl who yeah. is pretending to be this mm-hmm. very cool person. And I think something's going to happen to tip Navani off. Even though, like, Shalon hasn't really lied about anything. Yeah. But she's keeping secrets. Yeah. And I think Navani is going to be able to sense that. Okay. And is going to do some digging. So Adolin is to Kaladin. As Navani is to Shalon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think we've... I think that's all covered. I really hope... Oh, I I really want Kaladin to be the one to take down Sadius, but I want Shalon to have a hand in it. Okay. I don't know how. Why? Um, it just feels that that would, that would be like the one thing to get Kaladin to accept Shalon. And and Adolin doesn't get to do anything? Well, he can help. Okay. <laughs> Listen, he he has great reason to hate Sadius. He has great reason yeah. to hate Sadius. But I just feel like Kaladin would be the more humiliating choice to defeat Sadius. And I want humiliation galore. You know? <laughs> okay. Um, 
And I want Amaran to... I don't know what I want from him. There's... Ugh. Brandon, this is a problem. Okay. I want so many things and I don't know when I'm going to get them. Well, uh, let's wrap this up with our uh, heraldic symbolism. All right. So chapter 35, the multiplied strain of simultaneous infusion. We've got Kalak, who is uh, a builder and mm-hmm. also very resolute. And Batar is this woman with the the high circlet. Mm-hmm. Um, and Batar represents wisdom and being careful. Oh. So what, what think you? I think that... Okay, I think for Batar, it is for Adolin. Because okay. he is not being careful, but I think... I think he's going to start being more aware of, I'm going to say, like, his future and the people around him. Not that he sailed through life. I mean, he kind of has been, you know, a light-eyed, high-born princeling. But this brush with this thing that is completely outside of his understanding, something that is impossible, I think that he's going to start taking things a little more seriously. What do you think? Uh, So I think the Resolute Builder aspect um and also careful and wisdom i think that feeds a lot into navani for me in this chapter with the experimentation of the Mm fabrials but uh i I like the idea that mentally it applies to adolin well outwardly it applies to navani all right chapter 36 a new woman shalash yes yes well done thank you um so we've got shalash who is creativity and then we also have uh Though this is another one we've seen a few times. Helmet. Chichenarach. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, and Chichenarach is the guard. Um, and also something that's interesting is Chichenarach was the head of the Dustbringers, oh. who are the Radiants mentioned in this I'm going to really have to start, like, I'm going to have to do the, there's well, that's, that's ten houses. And, yeah, <laughs> that's what we're, we're going through this book. You already know, okay, right now, I bet you could name at least four Radiants. Do you want to try and name as many, sorry, Heralds. Do you want to try and name as many Heralds as you can? Tulanalat. Yep. Chichenarach. Yep. Balat. Nope. Blend. That's Shalon's brother. Oh. Batal. I don't know if we just talked about her. She was oh. one of the heralds at the very first. Hour. There's a bee. <laughs> um, Batar. Batar. <laughs> Yezrian. Uh huh. Nerush. Nalen. Nalen. Did I say sh- no? Sh- shalash. Yep. Mm. Who else was in the prologue? Yezrian was Tony Stark. Yezrian, you have town. Town. Oh, it was Captain America. Kalak. Yeah. Ah, that's eight. That's seven. No, that's eight. (laughs) Okay, start over. (laughs) I can't do it again. That's That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're doing really good. And so now you know that Chanaract is for the... Oh, just mentioned them. Dustbringers. Uh-huh. Okay. Shalash is for the... Creativity. Beauty. 
Which, okay, which which type of radiant? <laughs> a windrunner. A light weaver. A light weaver. Sorry. <laughs> this symbol was um, weaving light. <laughs> like the ocean. Okay, so Chanarach is the... We Dust just said bringer. it, yep. Shalash is the... Beauty. Light mm. weaver. Yep. And then Yezrian is the... Stone stance. Nope. Windrunner. Windrunner. <laughs> And Tom is the stone stance. Yes. Okay. So so look, you are slowly learning. I'm By the end of the book, here. you will know them all. <laughs> I will be an expert. Oh, I will okay. have spent ten thousand hours on this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be an expert. Okay. Okay. And then next we have Naylin. Um, yes. <laughs> look at that. Look at that. Look how good you are. The hood is definitely Naylin. And then um, we've mentioned her before, but she's got hair like Storm. Oh, we talked about her, but I can't remember her name. So she's not Chach. She's not Batar. She's, she's not, not Shalash. Yep. So uh, she is Pala. Pala. Pala, who's the scholar. Okay. About being learned or giving. Yeah. So we've got Nalan, who's about justice, and Pala, who's about being learned mm-hmm. for the chapter about Adolin's point of view mm-hmm. of the meeting. Yeah. And then finally, the silent storm. Two ladies. Uh-huh. Shalash. Yes. And I don't... Oh, we... Is this Chichenarach? It's not Chichenarach. Uh, Chach has the helmet. Okay. Um, The high circle. Balat? Batar? Batar. Wait. Let me double check. Yeah. Okay. Woohoo! We're getting there. We did it. We did it. So we have um, this this chapter where we give like the news of Yasna's loss. Mm-hmm. Batar was the head of the Else Callers, oh. and Shalash is the head of the Light Weavers. Got it. So like Shalon and Yasna's heads of what their orders would have been are mm-hmm. represented in this chapter. Emily, great job! Thank you. Look at you. You're a scholar. <laughs> You're teaching me so many wonderful things. You are. We're gonna like crush it at Stormlight Trivia for the book five release. <laughs> it's gonna be so good. All right, next week we are going to be reading four chapters again. We have chapter thirty nine, heterochromatic. Okay. Do you know what heterochromia is? Is that when your eyes, one eye, is a different color, like Jane Seymour's? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we have chapter forty. Palona. <gasps> we have chapter 41, Scars. I don't know why I gasped at that chapter. I have no idea what that means. Uh, we have chapter 42, Mere Vapors. And then we have chapter 43, The Ghost Boys. <gasps> Is that only four chapters? It's not five? Okay. Listen, it might be five, but <laughs> we have a tiny chapter and we have a tiny flashback okay so listen it's five i know <laughs> we are oh yeah we are racing to get to white spine uncaged before dragon steel that's yeah. why we're having such big chunks but um yeah this this next reading is gonna be uh like 50 pages so nice i'm looking forward to it Me too. uh but until then i have to get back to defeating a giant bear made entirely of fire i'm gonna get back to packing I believe in you. I believe in you. Wait. We never said what you were packing. Oh, I'm moving. What? You're leaving me?
me? Not no. Oh no! In our no. This house that isn't mine. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because I will miss you. <laughs> yeah. No, I. But I. I've been house sitting for our parents while they have been um away, and they're getting ready to come back, and I wanted my own place. So, <laughs> um. What song did we pick again? I forgot. Defying Gravity. Defying Gravity. I knew it was a wicked song. In honor of the... Fabriel. Yep. The balancing platform. So cool. Um, yeah. They invented ele- elevators. It is an... <laughs> it is the... <laughs> you I can do it. Griffin McElroy being mad <laughs> that someone <laughs> was mad about him having an elevator in a fantasy world and he invented a whole museum of elevators yeah. on why people have elevators and they have an elevator now in Roshar. Yep. All right. Well, the height. Uh, listeners, we love technology. you. Uh, at this point, we will have already recorded, as you guys are hearing this episode, we will have already recorded at Dragonsteel. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm betting on four people. In our I, audience. I'll take that bet. Yeah. That sounds like a good bet. It's a good bet. Because, why, Megan? Because I scheduled it to be the same time as Brandon's spoiler Q&A. Because I picked my time slot without looking at the con <laughs> schedule first. But we are going to have an amazing time. It's going to be great. It's going to be so fun. We have to keep it to an hour. Yeah. Okay. We can do it. We can do it. We can do it. We've done it once before. Basically, uh, what we'll do is, when we hit the end of our time slot, I will just slap duct tape over Emily's mouth. Because I'm the problem. And she, <laughs> and she won't be able to say any more of her thoughts until I get her home to record. Okay. You're not a problem. No. I love you so much. This is so fun. Thank you for making me view this book. You're welcome. All um, right. I love you. I love you. And I believe in you. I believe in you. Ready? Ready? Break. Break. Thank you again, everyone, for listening to another episode of My Sister Made Me View It. We're doing a quick exit here just on Emily's internal microphone on her computer because Emily's getting ready to go somewhere fun. Yes, I'm going on a little Christmas vacation. Uh, It's post-Christmas, post-New Year's, but my little group of friends and I uh, get together every year and have a big sleepover party. So we're going to go up in the mountains and stay in a cabin and exchange gifts. So fun. So I'm going to be left behind to descend into madness, <laughs> a.k.a. just play video games. Oh, no, I can't. I, I next draft of my episodes due Wednesday. Oh, we'll do that. And okay. And play video games. Cool. So, special, special thanks to my cat, who is playing in the wrapping paper. <laughs> special thanks to my friend Michael Biancardi for the use of his song, A Passing Storm, in our opener and closer. Today is Thursday the 5th. So, uh, if you want to hear more of me and Emily watching uh, and talking, check in with us Thursday the 12th to catch our next Roswell episode. And then the following Thursday, January 19th, we'll be back with another episode of The Wave Storm White <laughs> Radiance. <laughs> the 1999 Roswell. <laughs> <laughs> My tummy hurts. <laughs> Don't make Megan laugh. I, the aerial silk. I I think I pulled an ab muscle. Like <laughs>
This is not, I'm sore from working out. This is, there's something medically wrong. Anyway, uh, thanks everyone and welcome to the new year. Yes, welcome. We're going to finish Words of Radiance this year. I'm looking forward to it. And then we're going to read Edge Dancer. Yes, that one. Yeah. Okay. And maybe I'll make you read the Mistborn books. Okay, I guess. Oh my gosh. Hey, 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 hey. Do you all have your super secret projects? Have you started reading Super Secret Project 1? I haven't. I've got it muted on all my social media networks. I don't want to know any spoilers because I'm going to wait till I have the physical book in my hands. Nice. Well, I'm excited to read it when I get to that point. Great. <laughs> There's probably more, but that's it. We believe in you.